In this special Halloween episode, I spend a few minutes going through the red flags that exist in the financial world in general. And then when one discovers the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker, I address some of the red flags that are very common that you uh, see and experience there. I had fun. Hope you enjoy listening. Happy Halloween. Welcome to the Bank of Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. So this is a Halloween uh, kind of special because we like to have fun around here and this is going to be released on the weekend of Halloween. So thanks for listening. We're going to cover some, you know, potential perspective, potential horror stories, red flags in the financial world, you know, from zombie concepts to, uh, you know, brain dead financial advisors without being negative it's all positive love peace and chicken grease okay but look, let's just talk about the financial world you know when it, in general right so we're all taught to work hard save our money right quote unquote save our money and then um of course pay cash for everything but then put money into a government qualified plan an ira 401k 457 plan whatever traditional qualified plans and and of course, you know, we have Roth, quote unquote, tax free uh, Roth IRAs and even Roth 401ks. But let's just walk through that for a minute. You know, everybody's doing it, so you might as well do it too. So I'm going to work hard. All right. Spend less than I make. That's a solid financial concept, spending less than you make. Now, what, what I want to question and encourage you to think about is where your money should reside should it be into a qualified plan should it should it just automatically go there by default and you know maybe so but let's look at that if i'm in if i'm working hard and saving money quote unquote number one uh, an ira or 401k the underlying investment most of the time is some kind of a risk mutual fund stock bond you know etfs um I mean, EFTs, there's there's risk involved, right? So that's not savings, that's investing. Let's, let's be clear, savings versus investing, you know, saving for retirement in the market is not savings, just investing. Um, and okay, maybe we should all have some investments. There's no question about that. You're the best investment that you have. So maybe you should put money, you know, to your own education and to whatever your God-given abilities and talents are. But I digress. Looking at IRAs, 401ks, most of America is separating themselves from that pile of money and, and they're abdicating their responsibility to some, you know, third party investment advisory firm or person or individual separated by probably several hundred, maybe a couple thousand miles. Um, you're abdicating your responsibility. You're not you in personally, but in general, the big us, you know, we're all encouraged to. Number one, separate ourselves from our money, put our money into this and we're saving. No, we're investing. And, you know, we're abdicating our responsibility for the use of that capital and we're dependent upon them and their outcomes. Well, uh, it might work out. But then, you know, if I access that money prior to 59 and a half, I'm going to pay penalties. And of course, I'm going to, you know, pay ordinary income tax. I'm going to pay ordinary income tax on the money anyway. So is it really a tax break if I get a tax deduction today and I'm just kicking the calculation off some years into the future i mean i'm going to pay taxes you're going to pay taxes on the money or your beneficiaries are going to pay taxes on that money when it comes out 
Just saying there may be a better way. If we're separating ourselves from our capital for this time period, because most of America, either most of their wealth resides in qualified retirement plans and or their primary place of residence. So here, if I've separated myself from my capital, now, if I want to purchase things and finance things, and let's be crystal clear, Everything you purchase, you finance, you either formally finance with somebody else's capital and you pay for that use or you pay cash. That's a form of financing. I make a purchase. I pay cash. You're still financing it, right? You finance it with cash. You give up all of the interest you could have otherwise earned. So you're either paying interest or giving up interest. There's no exceptions to that. And it would help you or behoove you to understand that and, and, to, and to not only understand it, but understand how financing banking can benefit you and your family. Oh, wait, now that's uh, bring up the word banking and financing. You, you look at all of traditional planning, financial planning, personal financial planning, retirement planning, financial planning, whatever you want to call it, all the terminology that is used to describe this, this um, relationship uh, between financial institutions and the all-American consumer – Rarely, ever, as a matter of fact, I'm inclined to say never do they discuss the banking function. That banking function is always left out of the equation. Well, I wonder why. Well, if we consider banking then and controlling the banking function as it relates to you in your life, and, and that's really my underlying encouragement here is to get you to consider the fact that you can become your own banker just because typical traditional financial planning leaves that out. Um, and I'm just questioning why they do that doesn't mean that you can't control the banking function in your life. As a matter of fact, you can control the banking function in your life. And when you understand that, I'm. And I don't want to say that when you understand that my encouragement is for you to investigate that idea and that possibility, the benefit to you and your family of controlling the banking function may be uh, bigger than you can imagine. I, and I think it is more beneficial to you and your family by controlling, controlling the banking function compared to a lot of these other brain dead ideas that the financial world wants you to participate in. Now, if we, if we consider the infinite banking concept or, controlling the banking function in our life or Nelson Nash must come up because he created the, the infinite banking concept, right? He wrote the, uh, the book becoming your own banker, the first work in the infinite banking concept period. Um, and then he, he wrote a, that's becoming your own banker, right? He wrote a second book, building a warehouse of wealth. And then, you know, the Nelson Nash Institute was formed and they, there's been some publications come out of there. The uh, one of them is how privatized banking really works. <clears throat> and then Nelson also recorded, there's a recording, uh, several actually, of Nelson Nash, who's graduated now. He graduated several years ago. Um, but there are recordings of him presenting the infinite banking concept how to become your own banker. And you can purchase those, you know, it's DVD, um, or you can purchase access to that uh, series digitally. And, I, and I'm saying all that to say this, that th those are the first original works. So if you want to explore the idea of becoming your own banker, start with those and stay on those. Don't go, buy, uh, don't go out and buy a bunch of um, click funnels and, and, and all kinds of, 
education, you know, series without doing that first, becoming your own banker, building your warehouse of wealth, how privatized banking really works in a six and a half hour recorded presentation. All right. That, that, and I think you can get all that done for, you know, $250 with shipping included and, and when the reading time and the watching time in about 10 or 15 hours. Um, that's if you're a slow reader and you go through it slowly. Okay. That's a proper vetting of this infinite banking concept, whatever you uh, see or uh, on the internet, whatever they called it, renamed it. Um, those are the first works. And that's my encouragement is for you to go there because once you, you know, type in the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker, all kinds of things come up in Google, especially, you know, the first four or five are ads. Well, what does that tell you? Those, and I'm, I'm a capitalist. I'm, I'm okay with ads, but the first four or five are, are, you know, they're paying for that top position. It's like, wonder why? Because this is a great idea for you to become your own banker. Um, but once you get off into the internet, there's some red flags that you might want to consider have these in the back of your mind. Um, because when you get in there, there's a lot of promoters that use the wrong type of products. Uh, you know, like Universal Life, for example. Oh, well, just because somebody has a life insurance license and they can spell IBC and there's a permanent policy that has an account value or an internal value that you can collateralize. Well, you know, that must be what you use. And, and it's not. So Nelson discusses uh, index Universal Life, IUL. What you're looking for, if you want to practice the infinite banking concept, as R. Nelson Nash, the creator, um, encouraged, you want to use dividend paying whole life policies issued by mutual companies. So you just want to buy a policy from a mutual life insurance company that pays dividends. Well, before you do that, um, you know, you should, like I said, go to the first works, the original works. Um, and when you get lost on the internet when, and you listen to these people, they talk about IUL and banking and all kinds of different terminology, um, almost renaming Nelson's work. And, and then they want to make it better, right? And invariably, they want to make it better. So just some red flags. Number one, any other product other than dividend paying whole life insurance policies issued by mutual companies a second really prominent red flag is trying to make it better you know this overzealous pick me girl marketing um it's like this is the only way to do it i discovered this can't mention nelson's name um and that's just one right there are several and you know the 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 cringy, overly nice, overly marketing kind of persona. Look, if you if you discover if you if you experience a cringe factor, it's okay, man. It's okay. You're probably right. Um, you know this annoying pick me, pick me. The stalking ads. The it's just there's a better way. It's going to the original sources, understanding the work of Nelson Nash, and and 
to have that solid foundation and then expand from there. You can bypass a lot of this. I've called it noise. I've talked over and over about the noise. But some of the noise is using universal life. They can't mention R. Nelson Nash unless it's a cursory, you know, mention. And it's, a, it's an improvement of Nelson's work. That's a red flag. I'm going to bolt on an improvement. You know, Nelson laid the way or laid the groundwork. And, you know, now I'm making it better. That hogwash um, another red flag is, is all policies must look alike you know when there comes to a total premium the premium is that pay to the life insurance company there's a base whole life policy there's just a whole life insurance policy with riders one of the riders is a PUA rider the other is either a standalone term rider or the PUA and the term component is blended that's called a blended PUA rider I speak a lot of about these different things. But when it comes to PUA, I've done a PUA series. So just, um, you know, James Nethery on YouTube, my channel, and type in there PUA. And, uh, you know, I've talked quite a bit about it. But all policies needing to look the same because uh, typically, I mean, actually, the PUA, the paid up additions rider, gives you the most liquidity early in a policy. Um, because there's little to no cash value in whole life insurance within the first two years on that base policy. Those the PUA is added to give you early liquidity. <clears throat> okay, so here's the red flag. When a policy must look the same, your policy must look like my policy. Like there's a particular, you know, 80% of the premium has to go to the PUA and 20% of the premium has to go to the base or 15%, 85 or 90, 10. Anytime there's a hard number where everybody looks the same, it's a red flag. You know, there are a lot of different companies that you can practice the infinite banking concept with good mutual companies, whether they like the idea or the concept or not. And uh, every PUA is a little bit different. Their products are a little bit different. So it's a red flag when all policies must look the same. And it's also a red flag when you, when you got to go jump right to the illustration, you know, we got to get to the illustration as soon as possible. And then we're going to focus on a rate of return, an ROR or an IRR, an internal rate of return, which is what I prefer. But, um, you're looking at, you know, numbers on a page and trying to solve for the highest rate of return. It's a fallacy. Um, and it's really a continuation of flawed thinking. It's like most of America today is going broke at low interest rates. So is it really about the rate of return? You know, you're, most of America is going broke at 40 to 50% interest by volume at 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7% by rate. Rate versus volume. So whenever you get drug off into illustration land by some financial guru and trying to beat you up with uh, interest rates, it's a red flag, you know, and then it's also if they drag you off into a great big presentation where, you know, it's like complexity is so complex, it must be good. Or they bring in other products, you know, it's like, well, you got to have a HELOC or you got to have a loan or you got to go borrow money on your credit card to get the policy started. Um, or, you know, I mean, that's, I'm just saying that's a red flag, right? Um, maybe the, the policy's contorted and twisted, which it is if you're at 90-10 or 85-15. It looks good, feels good early on, but there are problems in the future. Um, 
or we we do ten times a premium in year one. Let's say I'm going to pay a hundred thousand dollars premium in year one, ten thousand premium in year two and beyond. Why? I mean, that's short term thinking, right? If, if I can pay a hundred thousand dollars in premium today, why can't? Oh, I'm going to go borrow money, or cash out, refi, or whatever. Um, I'm just saying, if there's, you know, all policies must look alike, or there's big premiums in a particular year. All of those things should be red. They are red flags. Um, and I'm going to keep going back to the to the first works, right? Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. His first book, his second book, Building a Warehouse of Wealth. The third book written by uh, Carlos Lara and Robert Murphy, PhD economist. Um, how privatized banking really works. And then right out of the horse's mouth, Nelson Nash delivering a six and a half hour presentation. Right. So if you read that material and watch that video, when I, you, and then come back and listen to this again, and you'll completely agree with me. It's like, yep, James, those are red flags. Thanks for the direction. You're welcome. Um, okay. So I want to say that the, the big premium, the focus on the, the big premium in year one, right? Um, the focus on the internal rate of return or an ROR, um, all of that is a continuation of flawed thinking. And Nelson, I've said it many times, I'm going to say it again over and over. It's simple, but it's very true. Four fundamentals. Number one, think long range. Right? Number two, don't be afraid to capitalize, i.e. pay a premium. Number three, be an honest banker. If you're going to make loans, make loan repayments. And number four, you know, don't do business with banks outside of your savings and checking accounts. Then Nelson added a fifth was rethink your thinking. And I'm bringing those up because they're true and they're simple. Like I said, Nelson said it. All of these red flags are violations of one or all of those four fundamentals. If I have to have, you know, 100 uh, percent equilibrium between premium, total premium and total cash value in year one, two, three or four, it's I'm afraid I can't think long range, number one. And then number two, I'm afraid to pay a premium. Right. And I. In my experience, that a continuation of that flawed thinking. If I'm afraid to pay a premium and I'm not able to think long term, I'm going to borrow against every bit of that cash value as soon as I can. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but the continuation of flawed thinking is, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is not pay a premium or I'm going to reduce a premium. Then I'm not going to make loan repayments and then I won't even pay interest on the loans because actually yes you do pay the life insurance company interest when you borrow their money collateralizing your policy see how simple that was and we didn't even have to go through a big you know 37 colored financial chart right because this is very very simple i'm just saying all of these red flags that i'm bringing up are violations or just not adhering to four basic fundamental principles which of course it bleeds into the five because you know You've got to rethink your thinking, and it's okay. It's worth the effort of going through that. Maybe you you vet this idea of becoming your own banker, and you don't see the value, and perfect. Maybe you do. Maybe it changes your life, and maybe it changes the life of generations to come. Yeah, that is possible. I love this idea of complexity, too. If I create this big, complex um 
you know, illustration. It gives off the air of superiority because it's complex. It must be good. You know, if if uh, if it's confusing, then that's a red flag. Right. Um, bringing in these other products like HELOCs, credit cards, that's all a red flag. Trying to make it better than it is like, oh, my gosh, another, you know, it's a pick me girl kind of attitude. I got to make this look so good. I got to get right to the illustrations as soon as possible and create these complex, appearingly, apparently complex presentations. And it's like now you're doing what the bank can do. You're printing money out of thin air. It's hogwash. Okay. Um Slow and steady wins a race. Go to the sources, educate yourself, and see if it makes sense to you. I believe it will if you'll give a if you'll give it a fair um, hearing without preconceived biases. You know, I mean, I get it. Who wants to get up and talk about life insurance every day? I get it. You know, who wants to go through the life insurance buying process and have every life insurance agent that like looking at you like all thirsty and everything like oh my gosh i get it um but your education is is worth it okay look look, the solution though um is to get past uh or avoid right all that cringy marketing um and go to the sources becoming your own banker building a warehouse of wealth how privatized banking really works Nelson's six and a half hour DVD series. You can either own it or purchase access to it. And then quite frankly, you know, I'm a little biased, right? This channel is 125, 150 hours free, no cost that you can listen to on your own time in the middle of the night. I think we have over 25 or so clients, unpaid clients that have come on as guests experience sharing their experience and their exposure to the infinite banking concept the mental process that they went through to make a decision to participate or not and then what they've done um man had a had a client one not not that long ago about a month or so ago it's like james do you do you know where the channel is that has all of those universal life clients that have been practicing you know with uh, universal life insurance policies for two or three years do you know where that channel is that has all those guests and i said no i don't he said yeah it doesn't exist i'm like oh yeah thanks for pointing that out yeah i'm just saying 25 different people Husbands, wives, you know, all walks of life, sharing their experience with the infinite banking concept. They, I mean, that's pretty powerful. So spend some time going through there. Um, okay, thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.